Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Adventures in Angular. Today on our panel, we have the interrupting Ward Bell. Hi there. I can't wait to hear about shaving your chest. Yes, Shai is actually going to give us a tutorial on that today. The uh, hilarious Shai Resnick. Hello, no pressure. The not at all pregnant Alyssa Nichol. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. And finally, the very pregnant Aaron Frost. Hello. And I'm Joe Eames. I'm your host today. Uh, except uh, if anything goes wrong, then my name was Bob Steinberg. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. And tweet at Bob Steinberg yeah, underscore 2020. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open sourced Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. This is going to be a weird episode for Adventures in Angular because we don't have Chuck. What we do have is a panel full of funny guys who uh, we've been sitting here for the last 10 minutes talking about what we're going to talk about. And it looks like it's going to be a Seinfeld episode, the show about nothing. That's, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, is that so, right? Yeah. So a few weeks ago, I think, uh, or last time I, uh, I was here, I, I sent you and Chuck, Joe, an mm -hmm. email. You did send an email. Now, which of the yeah. two emails? One of them was just a whole bunch of profanity. The other one had some suggestions about the show. Which email are you referring to? The profanity. So I suggested in that email that we should have more panel shows. So because we love each other and we are we have a lot of stuff going on regarding to Angular that we could talk about. So I'm glad that Chuck and and you and everybody else. Heard it, and this is the first uh, show, like I think from the last one, which was with you, Ward, where you talked about your experience with Angular data. I think, yeah. Or Eric's Could data. Be. I get stuck in that trap. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's cool. I <laughs> so we have we're having an all panel talk. Uh, the whole panel is made up of Angular GDEs. I'm talking about Angular. the fact that we are GDEs. Yeah, talk about GDs. We're GDs. Let's, let's give us something to talk G about. I'm a GD. On the podcast, what behaviors drive you crazy? And this came from, the, yeah, this came from something that Alyssa said, but we'll let Shy go first. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave it there. No, it's got to be nebulous. Let's leave it. Um, okay, okay. You know what you said. You, you know what you said, Alyssa. Yeah, you yeah, know it wasn't Alyssa. I think I, I'm not a good example because I think I suck as a guest because I keep like talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, <laughs> not leaving a room to ask questions and stuff. But I thought that was the point of the guest. Like, honestly, uh, I was like, I don't like, know. Like, what's driving me crazy is the same thing that drives me crazy uh, when watching a talk, which is like long pa pauses and 
low energy. Have you ever watched real dev talk with, <laughs> with high res? <laughs> serious dev talk. The, serious dev talk, my bad. It's almost, there's almost no pauses in that. <laughs> there's almost like no awkward, overly drawn out pauses. But that was on purpose <laughs> to create attention. But that and also like uh, when the answers are super short, like the opposite, like... Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about, about NGRX data? Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> no, it's, no it's, it's better. It's awesome. Oh, it's, I mean, it's good. <laughs> yeah. I think it can be really... As a podcast, that's the worst. You're like... I'm just trying to tease conversation out, uh, of the people, and they're like, hey, it, it, "It's good." Yeah, uh, the- no, the, the comeback for that is no, it isn't. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. I can't believe you said it was good. How can you possibly think? How, oh, I, get off my podcast. Yeah. But it's important for like to say to the listeners that this is not an episode where we bash like you know guests and stuff like that. It's just like stuff to think about and to you know tips. For like, you know, if you're going on a podcast, uh, what you you and should think, do, what you shouldn't do. It could be really hard to be put on the spot and to volunteer for an hour time slot where you can be asked virtually anything and hopefully you don't look like an idiot. So uh, but I don't think that's true, Lisa, because I think we could ask you about anything and you would be wildly <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's, it, <laughs> you have to realize that a podcast is, is significantly about entertainment. We have an obligation to entertain our listeners and inform. Yeah. So there's it's more about entertainment than... Like, it's both. It's value. both. But if you're just... Which is more? Entertainment or education? To yes, Alyssa's I point... Know. I know. To Alyssa's point, there's only one Alyssa. And <laughs> not all the guests are going to be able to do that. Right? Like, And I think that's what she's saying is empathizing with the guests where it's like, hey, we're going to let Ward, who has no social boundaries... Just go at you for an hour. <laughs> I don't know how we get anyone to sign up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it sounds terrifying. Exactly. <laughs> I say that, but I watched Ward one time do the Ward thing at the best possible moment. And that was when I fell in love with Ward. I was like, oh. You want to like describe what you're talking about? Because that was really vague. We were at Google and one of my other heroes, Paul Lewis had just done a blog post called You Don't Need a Framework, which I have lots of disagreements with, but I wasn't willing to verbalize to one of my heroes that. But Ward does not have the same reservation. And it was amazing to watch. I was like, whoa, I'm in Bizarro because Ward is right and Paul is wrong. What is happening right now? And I fell in love because Ward didn't back down and he was right the whole time. So, I mean, it's beautiful when Ward gets it right. It's amazing. <laughs> well, that's once a week, maybe. It's not so much about being right. It's about teasing out what somebody really means. If, yeah. if, if you're going to recommend something, then, and it particularly if it's intentionally controversial, which that statement was, don't use yeah. a framework then be ready, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and if everybody just sort of falls over, uh, it's not a very good session. I mean, I disagree with him, but that was less important than trying to see if there was anything behind the statement. And sometimes there, one hopes that there is, and that's what makes a good conversation. So, but let's go back to the pen. So where, where did we left off the topic of pen, like the 
guests. Oh, so what we're looking for from a guest. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What, yeah what's good right. guest behavior? What's good guest behavior? Good guest behavior is... They do what they told. Come, no, <laughs> do what you're told, right. Uh, now, it's come <laughs> with, with commitment to what it is that you want to talk about and come with enthusiasm about what you're coming to talk about. Now, enthusiasm doesn't mean that you're... Ha- like, not everybody is like, woo, you know, that's not... I've heard many great talks by somebody whose voice modulation isn't terrific. But what comes across is that they love their subject and they want you to love their subject and they could do it in a monotone and it's still interesting because they love it. Yeah. On a certain level, like one time Ricky Gervais was hosting the the Golden Globes and he's like, you know, I want everyone to remember, no one cares about that Golden Globe as much as you do. So keep your talk short and don't get too emotional and don't cry. Like, and, and there is a little bit of that too, right? Like when you're a panelist, it's like, I probably care about this more than the average person. And so I need to keep myself in check. So, well, but, we'll keep uh, you in check. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think what, 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 what Ward said is, is money because uh, this is like, uh, you know, th- that's the whole thing that you're passionate to it. And it's also like what makes a good developer. Like, what do you look for in a developer? And someone who loves his or her profession and read medium blog posts in the bathroom, you know? (laughs) It's so funny because I almost have an opposite view where I feel like some of the best, um, because I'm not only on this show, but I'm on Angular Air. And I feel like some of the best shows for me personally are ones where, I mean, they could be dry as sawdust, but if they come on prepared and they know what they're talking about. Like this is an intelligent person speaking about something that I, you know, I don't know about. And like, I'm learning from them. That's when I find like, I don't know, those moments of like, Oh, that's so cool. Like, and I would find that in the workplace too. With I don't think um, all developers are equipped with the ability to be passionate or, you know, Melodious uh, with, oh, I with totally their. Agree with you. <laughs> I, I didn't mean. What are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't but mean I to suggest know. that you have to be bubbly. I meant that you mm-hmm. have to have love. You have to love what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And I I get that love from different types of developers with just mm-hmm. their their depth of knowledge and their ability yeah. to share that with others. I think as the panelists, it's really more our job to ask the questions that the listeners would want to ask, but also to try and keep it light and. F- to try and add in that entertainment. So it's not so much the, the guests of honors like job, right? To be entertaining. They're, they're, they're the expert. And I think the panelists, that's our job to be the ridiculous ones, but to also tease out the questions that the listeners are going to have when they hear it, right? I agree. But for that, you need panelists. So, <laughs> so serious question though. Like, I think we need to address this in the Angular. It's probably the biggest problem in the Angular community. Why do we still call it Angular and not Angular? Because most of the Angular developers in the world call it Angular. Yeah, are not uh, Admit are not it. American. Like every time I talk to my friends in Central and South America, when I talk, when I rap on stage with Shy, we're calling it Angular. We're not calling it Angular. Why do we Angular, still? Because this is the, the, the true name. Yeah. Why? That's my question is, can we stop the discrimination? Can we finally centralize on the actual phonetic definite like pronunciation Dude. no because it's why in english it's uh, angular it's angular no, and, and we speak english no shy, english, shy speaking english and he's I'm speaking english dude yeah. i think we american should change. english you, you and i are american 
Frosty? It's, yeah. It's just you and I. That's not, I don't know. That's if you not an accolade that. anymore. That's not an accolade like it used to be. Uh, this is not the point of the discussion. We're oh. talking about why we say the word angular. The same reason we call it soccer. No, I didn't ask why we why we say it. I'm saying why haven't we centralized on angular yet? I get where the origins. I don't. I don't need that. I see Aaron uh, Frosty is uh, practicing his Hebrew skills uh, before Angular app. <laughs> yeah. Is that... Bro, it's not, just, it's not just how people from Israel say it. My friends in Central and South America say it the same exact way. They call it Angular, yeah. Because that's how you say it. And so it's, it's really most people besides English are saying... Yeah, but uh, for Americans, America is the most important country, so it doesn't matter, right? That's unique to us. No one else thinks <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, nobody else thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> We're the only country that loves our country. But, but uh, like, okay. Sarcasm. So, sarcasm. <laughs> Just in case, sarcasm. Hashtag. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about, so we have a few good tips for uh, future guests, yeah. right? And, and you uh, heard it here first. It's now Angular. You heard it here first. Yeah, and we have uh, Angular, which is the correct way to say. And Angular. you heard it here first. Yeah. I needed to practice it. Shy, the, say like, it. Angular. Say it like I say it, bro. Angular. No. Well, no. You got to do the you more. Angular. You. Ah, how you say hey, how hey. I say? Okay. No, say it like I say it. How do you say it? Are you angry Angular. or are you angry? Um, which are you, Shar? Angular. Are you, Angular. Do you get angry or do you get, or do you get angry? I think I'm, like, I'm lost and I don't remember how I say it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> teach, the whole show is dedicated to teaching Shy how to pronounce Angular. Remember when you were talking about entertainment versus education? What happens when it's neither? It's talking about Bob. All right. <laughs> So Shai, why don't you give us why don't you give us a real topic for the show today? Okay, so my guess is that this should be cut here, and now we should be the. <laughs> we actually should start the show. Leave it in. Leave start it. In. The show. Yeah, okay. you gotta leave it. You gotta. So leave it. my topic that I want to discuss with the honorable panel is what. And what about the rest of us? <laughs> and Joe, and Bob. <laughs> Bob, sorry. <laughs> is about state management, but not in the RxJS uh, de- default way. Uh, what do I mean by that? Redux started from the lack of change detection in React, basically, Flux and Redux. And uh, we already had change detection for years. And well, uh, we- can, I back, can you back you up? Or you wanna, do you really mean Redux started as, uh, as in, uh, about change detection or about st- state management across the app? Both, I Both. think. Both. Uh, I didn't notice the change detection part. Yeah, so if you think about it, uh, React doesn't have change detection and you needed some... You have to call render again. Yeah. Yeah, needed some way to tell it like, hey, something was changed mm-hmm. in a, like a sane way. Rediff the virtual DOM, like check it and see if it's still good. You have to signal to React. Right. And there's a component, life, there's a lifecycle hook to call to do that in React. Yep. But it doesn't automatically. But you need um, to call set. recall render, right? right? To do it, right? Yeah. 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 This is how it works right now. Yeah. So in yeah. Angular, in Angular, you didn't, uh, you didn't uh, need, uh, need uh, to do uh, it because of change detection. But from the start, people started saying like, hey, 
instead of like, you know, comparing values in the ng do check or in some lifecycle hook that like ng on changes, but ng do check is probably the, I don't know, the more uh, saner way because it has dangers in it because you can run like code and it runs on every like change action. People didn't use it completely or sometimes they just don't know about it. So my question is why aren't we using like values on services and checking them on ng2 check or setting them as a property on the component and just like reading so, of that? So, I mean, if I'm hearing you correctly, if I did any sort of significant calculation or asynchronous action in the ng do check, that would fire potentially entirely too many times because that gets called anytime there is a change detection, which is in Angular, anytime zone JS mm-hmm. or the push state stuff detects so, that. So what I thought about, what I thought about, you're okay. correct. And and you need to somehow, you know, compare like check if you need to update the value, right? If something okay. has changed, only then you want to, you know, do the stuff you need to do. You can have decorators for that. You can have like, you know, stuff like that. Like this is how I think Mo- Mobix does his thing. It uses uh, proxies or like setters and getters. I think now it's proxies. But basically you add a bunch of decorators and now all of a sudden, you know, when something actually changed and now you need to, you know, update or respond to it and stuff like that. What I'm asking is, do we need ArcGIS or we could do something else instead of it and still synchronize our values across, you know, the app? That's my question. Hmm. For me, that's interesting because Rx is my favorite part of programming right now. And so I like, it took me a while to learn it. For those, you can't see this because it's a podcast. You didn't see Alyssa's face when I said that. <laughs> But um, yeah, that I just opened the diaper. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, just, I just need you to. You're, you're being serious, right? No, no. Like at first, I was like, <laughs> "Promises have done." Then Rx. Aaron, Aaron, high right. five in the camera, buddy. High All five. Right. I'm right with you. Yeah. At first, I just saw "Promises have done." Then Rx has done. Subscribe. They're basically the same. Neither one is better than the other. Until I took the time to learn Rx and I was like, whoa, this is actually, this is the most powerful, I think, library I've ever learned. And I'm, I'm kind of putting it even above like an Angular or a React, like it is really powerful. And so I would hate to forego Rx when it's so fast and efficient. And now, wait a second. I thought the best way to handle your Angular was you grab the HTTP response, you call to promise, and then you're pretty much done, right? That's the best way. I mean... You're being a little facetious, but sometimes that makes sense. So, what? Yeah, why not? It may or may not make sense, but I'm certainly I'm certain that that's what a lot of people feel. And I felt that for a very long way until somebody spent and that person still that red-headed bearded person still remained nameless. Yeah. But until somebody spent like a fairly significant amount of time with me, showing me not only that the fact that you could like put it through to the async pipe, which was nice, but then you could actually put a whole bunch of stuff into that responsive stream. Yeah, reactive stream, I guess, is probably a better way to say that. That reactive stream, and all of a sudden, it clears up a whole bunch of problems with managing data and putting, you know, 
changed, really changed detection, even though uh, we're also talking about state management. They're closely related most of the time because you need to somehow update your views and to know about the state changes. So state management and change detection usually goes together in some sort of a way, right? To get back, the setup is that do changes. Uh, no, not do change. Do check. Do check. Do check, whatever. Do check. That was a <laughs> premier. No, it passed. Anyway. We passed the test. Yeah. So whatever the heck that is, that gets called a lot. A lot. And it gets called for all kinds of reasons that have zero to do with your component. Mm-hmm. Zero. True. All right. So most of the time it's going to be called, you're going to be looking for changes in what something, and the answer is going to be, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Not, yeah. not interested. Not almost almost 100% of the time, yeah. Right. Which, by the way, in some sense, is the uh, old Angular JS way, which I thought would never work at all, but darn if it doesn't. It's like uh, you got watchers everywhere, and everything you put in that method is essentially a watcher. And so they add up. Whereas that- event-driven programming, which is kind of what you're – with RxJS, you're effectively driving things through events – um, you know, is, uh, is like you're only doing something when something changes. So can I back it up a little bit? Where I'm at, based off of your description thus far, what you're talking about sounds absolutely insane to me. So I don't think I'm understanding what you're proposing. So can you, can you walk us down yeah. um, the, yes, why we're, what you're saying a little better? Just so that I, why we're crazy. it doesn't sound crazy because it sounds like nuts. It sounds like what Swartz said, which is Angular JS land. So Talk yeah. us through it a little bit better. It is exactly. Wait just a second. Just a second. Oh, we're taking a break for breastfeeding. Oh, I think he's gone to get the baby. This is the time he was talking about, right? Yes. He told us this was going to happen. I didn't think it was real. but I, I didn't either. And people, he's getting the shaving cream and I mean, the razor. Either that or he has a diagram just for this moment. In his closet. What's it going to be, Alyssa? What's your guess? <laughs> I'm really hoping for a diagram. I got to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no baby, so we're safe, I think. Yeah, I did uh, for now. I wanted to avoid the question. I hoped you will continue. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an answer. And so. That is how you say okay. I don't okay. know. <laughs> That's right. He went off for a cry. He's back. <laughs> so, uh, okay. It started when, when I thought about, um, like, when I encountered the um, bad parts, let's say, of doing arcs uh, in Angular, like okay. uh, having to unsubscribe, having to, um, a- and again, uh, having to know what, what's up when you need multiple async pipes of the same thing, how to handle that. Like, like you said, it required lots more information. Cognitive heavy lifting is what I call it. Yeah, exactly. Cognitive heavy lifting. And in terms of like teaching that, I'm always trying to think from the perspective of of onboarding. Like how can I have more people joining the Angular, like, uh, you know, train with less of like the learning uh, curve. And that caused me to think about uh, I saw a lecture here in uh, Israel. Um, one of my friends gave a lecture about Mobix because he's a core team member and he showed how you build your own Mobix implementation from scratch. And the idea behind that was super, super, super simple that didn't require anything, basically, that has to do with like unsubscribe from something and, you know, all the 
cognitive <laughs> heavy lifting that you need to do with RxJS. So that made me think about, well, how can we, we maybe can create something like that for training? Yeah. So uh, that was the, like, the, the initial thought. And then I started looking at how, so how do we do that? And for simple use cases, like, let's say I have, um, I don't know, a user logged in property, okay? <laughs> Boolean property. And yeah, I true, want, false. Yeah, true, false. And I want to, 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 you know, to have, to share it between like a few components and to show something if it's logged in and, and to not show it if it's not. Mm-hmm. Simple. Okay, I don't need to a lot of streams connected and all that stuff. I just want to show by that Boolean property. And now I have it on a service somewhere, okay? And I want to just sync it, just have it and not use a different um, paradigm. I have it on a property. I don't want to share an observable and then to unsubscribe from it and all that stuff. I just want to freaking sync it <laughs> from the property. This is the easiest way, you know, that a lot of developers know how to do and it doesn't require a lot of extra knowledge. So if I had some kind of a decorator which says like, hey, sync it, or I don't know, <laughs> like something very easy, take this from this service and if it changes, change, like run the change detection, something like that, that would be nice. So that was like the backstory behind like my question so um, i get the mobix thing and how that works because we used to do that in breeze and DevForce. we essentially rewrote the properties which is what they're doing so that what looks like a, a field set is actually a property setter mm-hmm. and that calls back into um the change detection mechanism right and mm-hmm. that's what they're doing and you could do that then you're only triggering change detection when the thing that you're watching is actually set by something that would work for local variables, which is exact, or local properties, which is exactly how Mobex does it. Well, I guess uh, I guess they sort of tie it in because they've got somewhere sitting in the back their own change detection mechanism that the things are calling into. But that's event driven, all right. You set yeah. something, it calls something, change detection happens. There's nothing watching every time, every cycle, all right. There's no yeah. change detection that's, that's watching. more efficient. Like the Mobex way is more it's efficient. Pushed. Yeah, it's pushed. What you're suggesting will work for a beginner, because, and it's super easy because they just throw a do-check into their uh, code, and, wow. and they do the first couple, and it's not going to hurt them. MobX may be more efficient. It also may be less because those like events are still being fired, even if no one's listening, whereas observables are, are cold. So if no one's subscribed, then there's nothing happening. So on certain levels, it's more efficient. On certain levels, it's less well, compared not, to Duce, I don't think so, but, uh, but we could argue. Not exactly, because they, they save like the amount of people, uh, of, uh, of people, of uh, objects that are calling that property. So they know exactly. So if no one is needing that property, they won't like let it go. Yeah. anything. So, yeah. But anyway, compared, no matter whether it's true or false, compared to, to Ducek, it's wildly, they're wildly different. But the Ducek won't hurt you in for the first hundred variables. It won't. As long as you don't do anything fancy in there. That's the problem, yeah. So it, in, yeah, in AngularJS, the watchers were brutal because they were doing deep checking. They didn't just do reference checking on the variable. They actually did deep checking, which was why it was so slow. That and, mo- if, and they had to wait for the model to settle if, because if, it could change, changes, changes could propagate. If you're doing immutable programming and you're only checking for like references, 
the do check would be faster than AngularJS, but I mean, there would still be some inefficiencies. I don't know. I mean, Shai, where's the money? Like, walk us through where this is better. Like, walk us through where this is fast and efficient, and it's a great option. So, or is it, or is it only good for learning? But then you're going to want to progress into a more efficient way. I feel like we should have two phases. Like, we we should have a clear, I don't know, separation between simple stuff like i'm dependent on this property and i want to know when when it is changing or something like that and more complicated stuff where when this property changes uh, instead of just showing or updating the view i now need to call some other stuff or to sync some values and all that stuff but is it okay to mix and match like that like that's my worry is like once you start going full-blown advanced mode should you just rewrite everything i don't I see what you mean, Liz. That worries me too. Yeah. yeah. Need to create a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. We target Angular 6 and the recent versions with much of the curriculum is suitable back to Angular 2. Or go beyond the three-day class with a consultation or project launch with Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. We can assist your team or launch your project with advanced Angular topics, including scalability, data flow, state management, full stack product design, and more. Contact us for a private class at your location or buy a ticket for public classes in various cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. Yeah, I, again, it's a, it's an open question. I don't have the solution. That's why I open it for discussion because I'm. It's it's something that I'm while I'm doing like thousand more things. I'm keep thinking about it in the back of my mind, like because I feel like now, like using RxJS is like taking the advanced mode from the get go, and I feel that yeah. we should have something. Well, I don't know. in my in my opinion. You've got this way that we used to do it, which is kind of what Shai's talking about. You're describing this AngularJS way that we used to write our code, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, cognitively easy to understand the first time that you're learning Angular, right? Because you've got a lot coming down the pipe. You've got TypeScript and Rx and Angular, the whole Angular, you know, with classes and like, it's a new, and NG modules. I mean, it's a new world. And to throw Rx on top of that, I get it. That's tough. But then you've got this next level where you can say, all right, let's just use RxJS. And I think most people are skipping that step. And they're going all the way to NGRx, which is, for me, that's the third hardest way to learn how to do state in Angular. So and then, to be completely honest, that's what I did. And it might be why I hate the whole state management thing completely. Yeah. Because <laughs> I went from literally like AngularJS to, okay. NGRX. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, and I was and like, what the fuck is effect? Like it was so hard. <laughs> NGRX data is great. The documentation still in uh, the box. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, so it's basically, I mean, not that it's, I hate to use the word useless because the actual code is great. But I can't sell it to a client without documentation. And I can't sell it on my own if I can't learn it. And so to a point, this amazing thing that Ward and John have built, for me at this point is still ethereally great, but practically useless just because the doc isn't there. So until the doc's there, 
I'm not going to talk about NGRX data. I don't even know if it's the box. I just feel like I'm not smart enough to grasp it. Oh, don't believe that for a second. No, you (laughs) are. It's so hard. Well, NGRX data makes the hardness easy, which is what's great about it. But we have to bring it in. Yeah. Anyway, so I feel like there's already three levels. What Shai's talking about... Shai's trying to show off right now. The NGRX, or sorry, just the straight RX way, a service with a subject on it. But then there's also the uh, the NGRX way, which is, that is the advanced one. And most people, I think, are skipping straight to that, which is where Alyssa's confusing is coming from. And I went from the old way straight to NGRX as well. And it was not okay. And now I'm like, dude, I want this middle way. People need to do more RXJS only. Have you looked at Akita, which is kind of more towards the, let's bolt on some simpler data management with RxJS? I need to look at it because that's yeah. what more people need. Dude, if you I, Google I, Akita, it's just dog information. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so true. Well, how do I find it? You say Akita State Management or something? Akita State Management, Angular, yeah. yeah. That reminds me that I, um, uh, Dan Willeen had a project for really lightweight state management like that, and I said he should call it Chihuahua. <laughs> uh, so my, my company hero devs we're we're building a a lib called hero state that will make it easier to make an rxjs based state object so that's what we're working on because ngrx is have you have you looked at akita that's what we were just saying that's yeah, what we, just said, that's yeah. what we oh, must have missed we must missed have mispronounced it, uh, it. Uh, changing okay. diaper sorry yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah we mispronounced it obviously like Angular, it should be all Kita. Dude, this is an Israeli guy who wrote it, so it's Akita. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he got you. He got you. Oh, snap. Yeah, it might be good. I need I need to check it out, but um So like where in all of this is NGXS? Is it like the same thing as Akita or no? I think Austin will probably shoot me. He's gonna try and sell it as somewhere in between the third way and just the pure RX way, which I think is probably accurate. He's going to say it's easier than NGRX though. And I think it might be for some people. It is easier, but not sufficiently. In other words, if it's a spectrum, nobody can see my hands, how far apart they are, but it's a hell of a lot closer to NGRX than Akita is to pure RXJS or than Chihuahua is. All right, so there's a spectrum of complexity and you have to decide how much functionality you want, how much um, separation you want, how much indirection you want. And NGRX is way out there on the separation uh, yeah. indirection. You know, I love this and I want to make this chart now because so, I feel like people would get it. <laughs> so I feel like the Angular community, based on my interaction on ng-conf, I feel like the community is transitioning. And I think Shai's question is beautiful because it plays into that transition. And Ward's project with NGRX data is beautiful because it plays into this transition. What transition? It is like last year at NGConf, we, we pulled the community and said, what do you want to learn? And by far the number one thing by far was NGRX. Like we had never had such an overwhelming response as, as people saying, show me NGRX. And this year, the answer was, show me RxJS. That was the number one answer by far. And I think the community is saying, hey, the beautiful thing about NGRX, and I could be, I'm, I'm putting words in like the entire community's mouth and I'm sorry, but I'm trying to interpret what I'm getting. The beautiful thing about NGRX is at, when it's all done, 
I end up with an API that's just made out of observables. And that is beautiful. Like to share, to consume, it's crazy easy. The problem is building it. If I want to add one variable, I got to add three actions, at least one selector, update my reducer, change the initial state, like add an effect potentially or multiple, like update multiple effects. Like, oh my God, don't start me because it gets, it gets complex. And so I think everyone's saying, wait a minute. And there's this term that's kind of sprung up, service with the subject. And Mike Ryan is now giving talks since last NGConf and Mike Ryan's given it multiple times saying, you might not need that NGRX. You might not need it. And in React, Dan Abramov saying, mm, you might not need Redux. Like, it might not be for the thing that you're doing. And is so, Redux as complex as NGRX? It's, <laughs> I'm going to say no, but it's also not as featureful. So, NGRX is giving you way more features than the React implementation of Redux. Okay. On the other hand, you don't have any reactive things, so you have to listen. The way you have to listen to changes is much nastier. Yeah. In other words, the NGRX has it right in combining a that the Redux pattern with RxJS. I feel that's a beautiful combination. And Redux has Redux Observable built exactly. by the by the RxJS team, right. and that's how I would use it. But it's it's also a little simpler because they don't do so much type safety, because they're not as committed to TypeScript as we are. <laughs> it's, and so, uh, and a lot of the the stuff that you write in NGRX is to give you the type safety. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, creators, action creators. There's no reason for that if you don't want type safety. Yeah. Uh, of course, I want type safety because I don't know how to create the darn action if I don't have the type safety. So again, I think NGRX <laughs> made the right decision yeah. if you're following that pattern. It, it depends on what you want, right? Yep. The problem is that is in Angular, we don't have a middle ground for Redux. Like you have to do the fully type-safed throw up on your file system version. <laughs> or, or you have to pick one of these other approaches. Either. But the other approaches aren't being talked about. But yeah, I will yeah. say this, at the upcoming ng-conf, there are multiple people, including the ngrx team and other ngrx proponents, talking about service with a subject. Kim Maida is giving a talk called subjecting state to good behavior, which is, which is talking wow, about state management with, with behavior subjects. And that's, that's exactly what, and, and here's the thing is when people, when people say, Oi, you don't, you might not need NGRX. You're like, okay, well, what do I use instead? No, that, that, I don't, I'm not answering that one. Right. I'm only telling you, you might not need it. I'm only here to talk about, you might not need it. So the service with the subject is a really powerful thing that, that's kind of a middle ground between how I did it in Angular JS, how I do it with Redux, and then there's a middle ground which is depending almost entirely on RxJS, which I think is totally beautiful. It's the most efficient state management I've ever used. I can't recommend it enough. And you're talking about just with RxJS. Let's say Shai's variable called like your auth variable, right? You're logged in. Yes. You make a service called user service. You put an observable on there or a behavior subject called is auth. And then anytime their auth changes, you just put a new true or false into that observe into that behavior subject. And then anyone who cares via the async pipe, via a combined latest or via a manual subscription yeah. can get access to that. And so you only have one Boolean and everyone's, everyone's inheriting it 
but you didn't have to do like an effect, a reducer, an initial state update, three actions. So, and, like, so you got it, but you didn't have to do all the heavy lifting. I drew this chart that's talking about like, I don't think it's going to come in. <laughs> Make it focus. But basically on one end of the scale, you've got simplicity and on the other end, complexity. And with complexity comes more functionality. And on the left hand with simplicity, you've got RxJS and then we kind of move up to Akita, NGXS, and then NGRX all the way at the other end. How hard is it? Like, let's say you went the way that Aaron's talking about and you went all out with RxJS, only RxJS. And like, all of a sudden you're like, dude, we need, we need NGRX. So, so how hard is that transition? So here's the beautiful thing. And Thomas Burleson has actually coined the term facades on top of NGRX. And so a facade is basically a service that you talk to and then it exposes the observables, the values from the store, which is exactly what a service with the subject looks like. It looks exactly identical, 100% equal to the facades for NGRX. So if you're using service with a subject and your components don't know about stores, they don't know about anything, all they know about is a service with an observable. If behind the scenes, behind that service, you want to update and use NGRX, none of your components have to know. You can just go update those values to use NGRX, to use NGRX data, to use NGXS, to use Akita, and your components are all uh, none the wiser because all they really care about is a stream somewhere that gives them data that they care about. Does that make sense? I think that's really true. I mean, that isn't why I use facades. But uh, you're right. You you know you could swap out the engine under the hood. Yeah, I mean it, it gives you this. Would you want to? Yeah, I mean well, maybe you start well, the way I mean, Aaron is, and then you right because I think migrate. it's because it, that's the thing is like I was saying I worry about how hard it is to get started if you jump right into NGRX, but if there is no danger in starting the simpler yeah. way, and There's no you danger. always you know add on like you're saying, I think you would want to. I think so, there's points in your app where you'd want so, to. So last episode, we had a guy come on, talk about it. He called it evolutionary evolving architecture or something like that. Remember what it was called, Joe? Anyway, he, he talked about evolution. evolutionary design, evolutionary design. There you go. And he talked heavily about no premature optimization. And if you just jump in day one into NGRX, you have unequivocally prematurely optimized your system. But there's going to be certain areas one day that need to be potentially in a store like that. Like if you have like a really advanced AG grid going with tons of data flowing in and out and you need to consider 45 things every time the data changes, maybe an NGRX store is where you need to be. But for Booleans and stuff and, and other simpler data that the only my component cares about this data, like a hundred percent, no one else Gives. Well, let's, let's also be clear, though. You don't, if you're, I mean, you're now you're talking about uh, having a reactive surf, service, which mm. makes sense. But NGRX is about shared, shared data across components. But what does shared mean even, man? It means that I want, I'm interested in that same value. But at the same time value. or at different times? Because what if the components that care about the same value aren't on the screen at the same time? Is it still shared? They don't actually care about the same time. It, it is if one on the left-hand side... Updated comp. Hear, hear me out. All right. All right. So, like, I got this. I, most of my app is interested in the company because it's focused on the customer's company, right? Yeah, Client's yeah. company. So, yeah. the company makes lots of appearances and components all over the place. And I want to have a single representation, shared representation of that common company. And I need a way to 
be certain that if this thing over on my left-hand side updates it, whenever anything else wants that thing and it gets that one true single uh, version of that company. Uh, And for that, you got to have a shared something. That's shared state. Okay. Okay. That shared state. I thought you were going to say for that, you need NGRX and I was going to throw up. Cause no, 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 I said that shared state. Now you, you have just to shared state. True, true. Right, but right. like, if I have two places in my app that show donuts, but they're not on the screen at the same time, a lot of people will engineer and will they'll def, they'll by definition call that shared, which is it really like? It is if you expect the donuts on both sides to be the same donut. Not really, because what if one's on, what if one's on the screen and then five minutes later the other one comes on and you got stale donuts? I'm so confused. Uh, I, I, and, I, and we have we have drifted. This is a great cut. We've drifted away from Shai's original point. Yeah, which We're, was we are down the rabbit hole, man. And, let, uh, and I, I'd love to come there, but let's that, let's get you know, to Shai's really fascinating observation that watching property changes by just sticking them in a do check does, in fact, for a com- for a single component just wa- interested in its own set of things that it wants to watch. Is a, you know, that's a, it's effective, even if it seems to many of us like a dangerous road. It's highly teachable, true? Truly teachable. It's teachable. Like, and that's important. Can I teach this easily? I think you can teach it easily to Shai's point. Yep. It just feels like a, a, a I'm not saying trouble. that this is, I'm not saying that this is the solution that I think we need moving forward, but I'm saying we should strive for something as easy as this. I agree. I agree. A decorator or something like that. My, I agree my, with that. My, my sense is that we're going to need a simpler way to present RxJS and maybe some kind of a proxy idea. So something, I use a proxy to watch an object in a way that is not like a watcher, but is more, you know, it's better. Does the property re, re, rewrite thing that ties into RxJS, some little simple thing could come along that would tie these things together. And I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. To Shai's point, I think it is teachable. I think it's readable as far as like, could I, could I open a file I've never seen and understand what's happening? Yeah. I think it's much more readable than either the NGRX or RxJS approaches. Yep. We could get to the point where we talk about performance and I don't think that's really a conversation, but uh, I think, cause I think it's not performant, but, I think it may get a few people through the first few courses on Angular and then ready to have an actual introduction to, to proper state management. Yeah. And let's remember, AngularJS was great for thousands. They got it up to like, you could have 10,000 watchers and it was perfectly fine on most devices I run stuff on. I, I had more than that and it worked, it worked fine. The problem was sometimes you had one one watcher that updated a property that forced another watcher yeah. that, that changed the same property the first one watched and so you're like doing yeah. banjo. And that's not going to happen with DoCheck because you still have single direction. There's nothing in, in DoCheck that's going to say, uh, oh, I got to go back around again because you might have changed a value I already processed. Oh, I got to go around. Well, you'll get oh, the error. You'll get the error. You'll get an error. I already checked but, that. Right. If you're in dev mode. Um, yeah. But you won't get into that. Oh, I exhausted my 10 trips around the model. Sure. I guess I'm done. So you won't have that. You're going to get 10,000 of them. And maybe if Shai, you know, uh, maybe Shai could say, you know what, for an awful lot of applications out there, you know, maybe this is the, this is good enough. I don't think he is saying that. I think he's saying for small apps, this is good enough. I think it'd be tough to disagree with that because in small apps, 
learning apps, teaching apps, school apps. Yeah. It's you're never going to hit a performance. You're going to be teaching patterns that aren't going to work at scale, but it may be okay as long as you plan to circle back and approach yeah. the product. They're the easy to find. Range. Yeah. It, it's easy to find. You just search your code base for do check yeah. <laughs> and you'll find them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Too bad he's not here to see it. Yeah, we need we need Shy to give us a stack blitz and maybe we'll put it in the show notes that we'll have Shy give a stack blitz example of this so that people who are a little bit lost in the etherealness of a podcast and, and we're just talking about code, but we're not actually showing maybe Shy can give us a stack blitz. It'll be in the show notes. So check out the show notes. All right. We're we're at our hour, yeah? Yeah. We're over actually. So let's <laughs> let's cut it. Unless anyone else has any more things they want to say about this before we go to picks, does anyone have anything they want to say? I missed like the uh, last th- 30 minutes. So if you could repeat yourself. <laughs> uh, so we volunteered you to make a stack blitz displaying this do check in action yeah. for the listeners. So uh, basically I did already. In, in tw- <laughs> Can you paste it in the show notes so that when they, this gets edited, it gets copied into the notes? No, no, no. Okay. No. But uh, not now. I have like an incident. I tried to, to feed my baby with a bottle and it spilled all over him and all over me. So, Aww. yay. He did not yay. deserve that. That was so rude. I, I need to move to blend B, which is father breast milk. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. That's my pick for today. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by TripleByte. Applying to programming jobs sucks. You have to put the right keywords in your resume. You spend hours and hours on the phone screens and take home projects. And that's assuming the company even responds to your application. Well, if you're a software engineer, TripleByte can help. They work with over 400 top tech companies from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them. And if you do well, you go straight to final interviews with the company on their platform. It's like the common app for software developers. TripleByte does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if you can code. I've helped dozens of software developers with various credentials get jobs, and this looks like a terrific way for you to get in and get interviewed and get a job without a lot of the hassle and overhead. You can go check them out at triplebyte.com angular. That's triplebyte.com, byte as in eight bits. As a special offer for listeners of this show, if you take a job through TripleByte, they'll offer you a $1,000 signing bonus. So let's go on to Zipix. Zipix. Uh, who wants to start Zipix? So there is a good uh, um, article series by Angular in Depth, which is about the router or router. And what? Yeah, that, that's how the British say it. What? Router. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is about like, a three part uh, art, uh, blog post which explains in depth how the router works and how. Uh, it does its magic. So it's very, very good. And I will link to that once I will stop breastfeeding my baby. Okay. Does anybody know when this show is coming out? Like soonish? It's not too far out. We don't have too many ahead. Well, hopefully this news won't be too late. Uh, my pick is that both Angular Connect and Angular Denver have their CFPs open right now. Damn, so what? Whether you are an experienced speaker or you are just dabbling with some Angular magic and you have some knowledge to share, I encourage you to just submit a CFP. See what happens. Angie yeah. Bolivia opened theirs too in case we have any Spanish speakers that want to go going out there. <laughs> Muy bueno. Mucho bueno. I'm going to pick, I backed a, an Indiegogo project called PowerWatch 2. 
I like smartwatches, but the problem is I take them off to charge them and then I don't put them back on. So the Power Watch 2 is a smartwatch that charges off of your body heat. You can and- say that with like any clothing article. Like the problem with underwear is, you know, I, I, I take it off and no. then like, I'm putting it back on part. That's my diaper. I have my problem with my diaper. No, dude, on my diaper and my clothes, I pretty much put them on after I take them. I'm like, I just, I, I, I just take, I take the watch off to charge it. You have to get have dressed. To right. Yeah, but you have to charge it regularly, and I just forget. Oh, okay. Because okay. like a watch that that you charge once every six days, you're not, you don't wake up and you're like, oh, put my watch on because it's already on, and then you take um, it off to charge it, and you just anyway. I this see. watch charges off of solar and body heat. So you never have to take your smartwatch off. Anyway, so it's called the Power Watch 2 Indiegogo. Check it out. And that's my pick. Am I going next? Yeah. <laughs> First, Joe, you got to tell us what you're drinking. Today, this is the Swig's Diet Endless Summer. This is my, st- my standard go-to. It's okay. the go-to. This is uh, Diet Mountain Dew. Endless with, uh, Summer. It's a surfing movie. It, it, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's, uh, is there papaya in your mountain? The name Endless Tell Summer is probably awesome. There's no papaya. There is, it starts at the base of Mountain Dew. I do the diet. And uh, I do the dew, but I do the diet dew. It starts at the base of Mountain Dew, which again, like I said, it was diet. I, then, then the Endless Summer has a little shot of pomegranate, a little shot, a couple <laughs> of squeezes of fresh limes. And then we round it off with a shot of grapefruit juice, which really brings out the the uh, citrusy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got a certain je ne sais quoi that just is not. <laughs> it's not able to communicate until you come to Utah and give it a try. Yeah. So for those of you who have no idea what he's talking about, there are these ridiculous pop places called Swig in Utah and maybe other states. Wait, wait, wait. You used so this good. word at the very beginning that was kind of uh, like it didn't fit in the sentence. It was derogatory. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was kind of derogatory. Are you? A soda I'm, I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, I totally interrupted your your pick for the call there, man. You go, you go. Yeah, so I guess I, I've just now picked Swig because of uh, Alyssa, but I'll also pick a classic TV show that I absolutely love. It's classic because that's been on the air for a few years. That makes it classic, right? Yeah. Uh, the Mentalist, such an excellent TV show. I was re- recently rewatching season one. Fantastic show. If you're looking for, it's not very bingeable because it's not really online anywhere. Uh, I had to get it off iTunes, but man, an amazing show. If you like crime, but fun sort of stuff, it's got... Alyssa a- is a criminal. She likes crime. If you like crime. I am. If you like committing one. crime. <laughs> no, like in Skyrim, all I was was a thief. Like that was it. Yeah. I was in the Thieves Guild. I was like really good at it. In I D&D, ran you only guild. play a rogue? Is that how you play? <laughs> I do. I chaotic. do. And I always, no. yes, and I always try to chaotic play like neutral. chaotic evil, chaotic neutral. But my team never lets me. So, <laughs> so yeah, if you like crime, now I'm not. I'm not going to be more specific about that. Any aspect of crime, whether that's committing them, stopping them, solving them, or yeah. learning about them, any judgment, of those judgment free zone, judgment free zone. Then this is a, definitely a good show for you to consider watching. And that's my pick. Oh, that's great. All right, Ward. Well, as long as we're talking about beverages, uh, I'm sitting here slurping a combination of chia seed milk, 100% garden snails, and 100% grain alcohol blended with ice and a salt rim. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know about this milk. No, 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 it's very special. (laughs) You you get it at Whole Foods. Uh, No, no, okay. If not that, then if you want the endless summer of debate, 
there is a Nathaniel Bessel wrote a in like last year a blog post about how wonderful reactive forms are and why it's time to retire template driven forms. And I have been like, I cannot use those reactive forms. I think they're horrible. And I keep trying and I keep coming back to template driven. So I wrote a reply and we had some uh, lively and very positive back and forth. And so if you're, um, if you're interested in, first of all, he does a really pretty good job, I think of uh, arguing in favor of reactive forms um, so it's nice to to have a conversation with somebody who who upholds the other position well, and he does a great job of upholding the other position. And then I argue for template driven, and I'm hoping to see this uh, discussion this played out in the future, maybe here on this podcast or somewhere, because I'm worried. I'm worried that people are going to think reactive forms is the way to go, and I really, I, you know, that's okay. You know, you want your reactive forms, take them. I'm worried that people are going to think that's the way to go and the template driven should be destroyed. And I'm, I, I worry. I like both. I thought that would be a wonderful show and we should have yeah. it. When I have simple forms, I like template. When I have hard forms, I like model driven reactive forms, but we're going to have, I really want to see that sometime because I can't, I've tried so hard to use reactive and the more complex it is, the less. I, I dude, I had a little hack, but outside of the hack, all I had to do was feed models into it, and it was beautiful. Like, I, I really, really liked it. Your That's little hack worries me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's only, like, partially. I, I'm worried about it, too, because it might not work one day, but it works now. So, Well, it'll be fun. It's an interesting conversation. Yeah. And, and at least for those people who feel like, well, you know, Template Driven's been my friend, I've given you some ammunition. All right. Awesome. I love it. Great topic. Everyone, thanks for coming, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, and thanks for the guest for today. Yeah. <laughs> Little baby shy. Peace out. Peace. Peace. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> well, let's keep that in. Let's keep. <laughs> I want the gurgle in. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit c a c h e f l y dot com to learn more.